Everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of Together We're Gonna Find Our Way, an unofficial Silver Spoons podcast. That is such a mouthful. <laughs> How's everybody doing this Sunday evening? I've had a good weekend. It was nice. I started to kick off my Halloween month-long movie marathon. Um started I watched um the first paranormal activity and then next week I'll officially start it cuz it's going to be September 29th. So before I get started, I just wanted to say that if you're new to the podcast, there are ways that you can connect with the podcast and follow along with upcoming for upcoming episodes or just, you know, fun pictures that I throw up, trivia, what have you. Uh, together, we're going to find our way on unofficial Silver Spoons podcast has a Facebook page, which there is a link to it on the Punky Power slash Silver Spoons podcast SoundCloud page. It's together, we're going to find our way in unofficial Silver Spoons podcast Facebook page. Also, Instagram Silver Spoons podcast. It's pretty simple. Uh, I also have an Gmail for the podcast, silverspoonspodcast at gmail.com. If you guys want to email me, I'd love to hear from you. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast so far and you want to rate and review it, you can do so at iTunes. Uh, It's under the Punky Power Podcast on iTunes if you go there. so. So I want to give a shout out to Alyssa from the Facebook page for the podcast that got the trivia question right where I asked what other show did Mr. T star in in the 80s and she said the A-Team alright you can stay tuned to the after the podcast after I'm done completing the episode I will talk about a couple books I finished reading but right now I'm going to talk about Season 1, Episode 4, entitled Me and Mr. T, which aired on October 16th, 1982. In this episode, Ricky insists on going to a public school. I don't know why the heck I can't talk. He insists on going to a public school so he can be more of a regular kid, but sticks out for being rich and gets a black eye from the school bully. Determined to not let Ricky get hurt, more like get hurt again because he's already got a black eye. <laughs> Edward hires Mr. T as his bodyguard for probably Friday. For when did he? The the okay. Hold on, I want to find out when the A team actually. So if that was an eighty two, A team didn't even start till eighty three. But then again, it wrapped up the same year as Silver Spoons. Interesting. So we open up the episode, and Ricky's all set to go to school. He's at the bottom of the stairs. Edward's given him some pencils and some milk money 
which he hands to Ricky, and Ricky's like, Dad, this is a $100 bill. I, I don't think they're going to be able to break this down there. In fact, he'd probably even more like than likely get it taken from him. So I'm going to play this clip. Oh, here's your, here's your pencils. And here's some milk money. This is a hundred dollar bill. Yeah, in case you want some cookies. Dad, you don't understand. The whole point I want to go to public school is because I just want to be a regular kid. And regular kids don't go up to the milk counter and say, make mine chocolate. Can you break a hundred? Good point. To tell you the truth, I like your attitude. I admire you for it. If you want to be a regular kid, I want you to be a regular kid. Thanks. Jenkins, is Ricky's limo ready? So, Ricky kind of points out the whole reason for going to public school so I can please be treated like a normal human, normal kid, no special treatment. It's going to look really weird when I go to pay for chocolate milk and I pull out a hundred, hey, can you break this? Yeah. Especially, and they're not going to have that kind of cash in the morning. No way. This is 1982 for crying out loud. You go strolling around with a hundred dollar bill. Yeah. Then he may as well just be saying, hey, I'm Richie Rich. But Edward understands, like, all right, all right, here. Let me take this hundred back and give you, what, he probably gave him, like, what, a twenty maybe? A twenty would be more feasible. Or even a ten. I don't know what school lunches back in the day cost. But we meet a guy named, is it Jenkins? Who's just standing there, he's like a butler chauffeur guy. And he turns in like, hey, is the limo ready for Ricky? And Ricky, of course, he's just rolling his eyes like, oh, please, Dad, that's no. Like, come on, buddy. You can't ride in a limo. You're like, your first day. I know you want to be treated normal. But everyone there probably knows of the Stratton family and that you come from money. And I don't think Ricky's ever been to public school, has he? His mom probably had him before military school, probably had him in a private school. And I'm sure that Edward probably has been going to private schools his whole life. So public school is a foreign concept. So now Edward is kind of pacing back and forth. He's having Kate dictate a letter to Colonel Ludlow. For, I guess he um, suggested an idea for a fast food chain restaurant. And Edward's just like, here, take this this down. So, basically, uh, what he's dictating is he's trying to break it to the guy that the idea of uh, coast-to-coast Kentucky Fried Robins, that's not going to (laughs) work. That's, yeah. So, he's just trying to break it to the guy. He must get a lot of people that are, like, writing to him or calling to him, constantly like, hey, you have two mil in the bank. I got a great idea for this or for that. Like the last episode, wasn't it, with the uh, the roller coaster company? The guy actually had given, like, a sampler bucket of Robin, probably already, like, a Kentucky Fried Robin, like, to sample, like, uh, no. Which, I mean, yeah, Edward 
says that robins are a sign of spring. I can't see people wanting to munch on a robin thinking, oh, this reminds me of the first day of spring. You kind of like people that eat frog legs and stuff. There's nothing wrong with people who do that. I just choose not to. And that's one of those things I will definitely keep intact. Like, there are just some things. I, I mean, I'm, you know, the idea, you know, trying some things, but not frog legs. That's not my, or octopus or anything like that. So, I guess also adding to the reason that Edward is pacing, he's like, hey, Ricky should be home from school by now, don't you think? And Kate's like, well, it is the first day. Relax. It's all right. And then we hear tires squealing. Edward's just anxious to get his son home. He's like, I want my buddy back so we can hang out. So, we don't even get to see Ricky's first day. I would have liked to have seen that. I think that would have been fun. I'm worried about Ricky. He should have been home from school by now. Edward, it's his first day. There's no reason to worry about him. That's the limo. Kate. I see Jenkins. <laughs> He's getting out. <laughs> I see Ricky. <laughs> Kate, my son made it home from school. Congratulations. You must be very proud. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I always knew he'd make it. <laughs> Ricky! Hi, Dad. Good night, Dad. Holman, that isn't the eye you left with this morning. What happened to you? Got hit. Good night. Good night. It's not even dark yet. Well, it is to me. <laughs> Ricky, were you fighting? Well, sort of. The other guy threw the punches, and I got him. Why did he hit you? Well, some kids saw me getting out of the limo this morning, and they put two and two together and figured out I was a rich kid. I knew I should have had Jenkins take you in the Ferrari. <laughs> sure, hindsight. <laughs> then what happened? Well, in history class, before the teacher came in, this big guy came over to me told me to give my milk money. Well, you didn't give it to him, did you? No. I told him it was my milk money. Couldn't have it. Problem is, I don't think he heard me. Why not? Well, when I said it, he was standing on my face. <laughs> well, that's it. That's it. I'm taking you out of that war zone and putting you in a private school. Nobody will beat up on you for being a rich kid there. And when you want milk, you just sign your room number. <laughs> Again, you should be more prepared. I'm going to give you some self-defense hints, okay? 
Okay, great. Take this brake whistle. <laughs> Just blow into it whenever you get attacked. <laughs> well, a whistle can attract attention. And it can bring help. I'd like to handle this problem myself. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to go brush my teeth. I think I've got sneaker breath. <laughs> The way that Edward races to the door excitedly because Ricky's coming home, he's like, I see him! Oh, wait, no, that's the limo driver, Jenkins! Oh, there's Ricky! And Edward is, he's like a big golden retriever that's excited that his boy has come home. It's like, it's, it's cute! And Edward gets down on one knee with his arms extended. He's like, Ricky, come give your daddy a hug! And, of course, Ricky comes in, and he's, like, kind of covering his eye, like, kind of shielding his eye with, like, don't look, Dad. I'm fine. Don't worry about me. I'm going to go upstairs. It's bedtime. And Edward's like, wait, 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 wait. No, come back down here. What happened to your face? And I guess as soon as Ricky got out of that limo... He was immediately a target for a bully. And he Ricky says, Well, before the teacher came in before class started, this kid asked for my milk money. I told him no, I didn't give it to him, it's fine. And Edward's kind of listening to this, like, oh my gosh, a bully. Well what 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 happened? And you know, you didn't give it to him. Good. So and Ricky's like, yeah, the guy was didn't hear me because he was standing on my face. And this and that. And Edward's like, dang it, you know what? No, I should have put you in private school. I'm going to do that. I'm taking you out of that war zone. This is 1982, where the most you had to deal with was a bully that would beat you up for, you know, your milk money. You didn't have to deal with online bullies and, and, and Facebook and, and Instagram and just you could go home and get away from it and everything you you know you that stuff stayed at the school you didn't really have it really following you home so Edward like he gets on the phone right like I'm putting you in private school and Ricky's like dad please no I want to be a normal kid let me go to school like a normal kid at a normal regular school and Edward's like, well, I, he's kind of at his wit's end. He's like, and Ricky's like, I want to handle this myself. Let me take care of this problem. Because Edward wants to go down and straighten out this bully. And of course, when he asks for the bully's name, the bully's name is Ox. It's like some big, tough animal name like Ox or, or Bull or like Killer or something to that degree and I gotta say the the I was taken aback when I heard that I'm like did I hear that right when Kate's like okay I'm gonna teach you a little self-defense and Ricky kind of gets like in a fighter stance like is Kate like gonna spar with me and like teach me some moves no she hands him and I quote a rape whistle you heard it here a rape whistle wow <laughs> I just I was blown away like whoa they went there and she hands it to Ricky and he's like no I don't and 
Kate's like, hey, you know, this could work. You know, you blow it for noise. You It alerts people nearby. People will help you out. And Ricky just kind of hands it back like, no, let me take care of this myself. So one thing I noticed about Ricky's face, um, the makeup department on the show, of course, they kind of blacken just around the outside of, you know, his eye. But it's almost like it's kind of wet just below. Like they use some form of like um, costume paint. Like they just freshly applied it before they started shooting the scene. So Ricky goes upstairs to deal with his black eye. And Edward starts pacing the floor again. He's like, what am I going to do? I can't accept some person who thinks he can just stand on my son's face. And Kate's like, Edward, what, you you can't be with him all the time. And maybe we should at least let Ricky try to handle this on his own first before we try to intervene. Kate, what am I going to do? I can't just allow people to stand on my son. <laughs> maybe you should just trust him to handle it himself. Well, besides, you can't be with him all the time. Well, I know I... I can't. But. Uh oh. What? Well, for a second there, I thought you were getting an idea. <laughs> I was. Uh oh. So, the minute that Kate says you can't be with him every minute of the day. Edward's gears start to turn in his head, and of course, Kate recognizes that look from him. Like, oh boy, here we go. And he's looking at her like, what? And she's like, I, you know what, for a minute, I think you, uh, looked like you were gonna have an idea. <laughs> and he's like, oh, well, I, I do. And she's like, oh no. Someone's gonna protect Edward from his ideas. Alrighty, so now we move to the classroom setting. This is, I believe, Ricky's second day of school. I think he tends to go through quite a bit of wardrobe changes here. Of course, they got the, the blackboards back in the day. I, remember, I think by the time I got to, I think it was high school... They had the whiteboards. They didn't do the blackboards anymore, which is probably just as well because chalk on a blackboard, ooh, ooh, almost as bad as nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> so Ricky takes his seat in the front of the class next to his friend Clarence, who's wearing glasses, wearing like a flannel button-up shirt. I don't know if the like the black, thick black glasses is supposed to signify like. Oh, this kid's kind of nerdy, kind of geeky, easily picked on. But at least it looks like Ricky made a friend, so that's cool. Okay, maybe this guy is not a friend, because he's like, Hey, are you going to give Ox your milk money today? And Ricky's like, No, I got my pride. And the kid is kind of teasing him, like, Oh, well, you didn't look so great yesterday with Ox's foot on your face. Like, pfft. So this kid, and I looked it up, the kid who plays Ox, 
It was actually in um, National Lampoon's Vacation, you know, the one with Chevy Chase, they go to Wally World. He plays Dale, who is Cousin Eddie's son. And this kid is wearing a gray sweatshirt. He just opens the doors like it's milk money type. So is he making the rounds to all the classrooms? He just thinks that he could just walk in. It's probably not even his class that he has to attend. He's like, I'm just going to go in here and start taking everybody's milk money. It's like, dude, are you serious? I'm sorry, but the teacher needs to be in the classroom before the students, because the classroom is, all the desks are filled with students. The teacher should be there teaching and definitely not allowing this garbage to take place. teacher in this room. This is ridiculous. This would not work today at all. Anyway, Ox comes in. He's got a ball cap. He's just swiping quarters and nickels off kids' desks. They're just offering up their lunch money so they'll be able to live another day. And he gets to Ricky. And he's like, hey. And he calls him dead meat. And Ricky's not even looking like, hey, my name's Ricky, okay? And Ox is calling him, like, rich kid and and this and that. And he's, like, kind of like, hey, this kid's trying to stand up to me. As Ricky does, like, approach him, he gets out, from, slides out from underneath his desk and kind of stands there. And Ricky does kind of take a fighter's stance, like, I'm not backing down. You're going to have to... Because... The guy, Ox even says, well, I'm going to have to stand on your face again like yesterday. You remember that when that happened? I'm going to have to do that again. And right before they go to throw down, boom, that door opens up, slams against the wall. Everyone starts, audience applauds. Like, it's Mr. T. He's here to kick some butt. I'm like, he's going to, yeah. 
And Ox is freaked out. Like, oh, who, who are you? And Mr. T's like, I am Mr. Ricky Stratton's body, personal bodyguard. It's like, yeah, he's going to snap your neck, buddy. You might want to sit your fanny down. So we come back from commercial and Mr. T's standing there with an arm on Ricky's shoulder. And Ricky's looking at Mr. T like, you're my bodyguard? I don't want a bodyguard. And Mr. T's kind of looking down at Ricky like, buddy, this is not what I want to be doing either. But your dad, like, your dad paid me money to watch you, so I'm going to watch you. And of course, Mr. T's kind of looking at the other kids as in, you know, I got a job to do here. And he looked at them like, does anybody mind? And all the kids are like, oh, no, 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 you, you do that. <laughs> Mr. T asks, you know, who is Ox? And, of course, Clarence points to Ox in the gray sweatshirt. Of course, Ox is probably wetting himself in fear as he grins nervously and kind of waves like, hi, that's me. And Mr. T kind of crooks his finger like, come here, young man. I want to have words with you. How old is Ox? If Ricky's 12, this kid's got to be at least 14, 15 years old. I'm sure he, like, skipped a grade or two. But Ox, actually, his head comes to about Mr. T's chin. My bodyguard? I don't want a bodyguard. Hey, kid. This isn't the thrill of my life, either. <laughs> but your father hired me to do a job, and I'm going to do it. Anybody mind? <laughs> now, who's Ox? The fat guy. Like, where's your seat? And Ox is like, oh, behind Richard, sir. <laughs> well, at least he's calling the kid by his name. He's calling him by his full name, Richard. And Mr. T just glowers down at him. He's like, not anymore. That's my seat. You're sitting somewhere else. <laughs> so Ox takes a seat. Finally, the teacher shows up. It's a lady. What is wrong with you? Your class is waiting. She's like, I'm sorry, I'm late. What were you doing? Were you in the bathroom? Were you taking another donut in the teacher's lounge? What? Did you have a flat tire? Somebody should be watching her class then if she's going to be late. 
There's no reason for any of those kids to be left unattended without adult supervision in a classroom. Now, <laughs> um, she sees Mr. T there and she's like, I'm sorry, class is about to begin. You can't be here. You have to leave. And he's like, no, I'm not leaving. And she's like, oh, fine, great. You know what? We always like people who want to, you know, sit in on the class. Observers have at it, basically. She's freaked out. She's like, okay, this tall man said no. I'll just continue. I'm going to go up there and teach now. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of curious if Edward cleared this with the school. He probably didn't. He's, he's like, just show up at a school. It'll be fine. I just want my son protected is all. And Ricky's kind of hunkered down in his seat. Kind of like trying to av avoid everyone's gaze. Like, oh, God. oh man, I'm so embarrassed. This is my second day. I'll have no friends. I do remember... <laughs> I think it was 7th grade. There's this one kid in class. 7th or 8th? No, I think it was 7th. Yeah, um, some kid's dad, this kid, of course, was a troublemaker, and his dad decided to sit in on a, a classroom session to kind of keep an eye on his kid. So, clearly, that must have been cleared with the principal or something. Granted, this was back in, uh, 1996. So, I, I don't know, but... Mr. T is just staring this woman down. I'm surprised he's not saying, Where have you been? I've been watching, having to deal with the situation because you're not here. I mean, granted, he's getting paid, so, but still. He, do, he, he told Ricky, like, this is not a picnic for me, buddy. I usually bodyguard like grown men or women or something. A little 12 year old tot. Mm, not normally. Uh, Ricky? Is he with you? Simply put, the colonists were being unfairly taxed by the English crown. 
without having any input into the way they were being governed, or as this is most commonly known, taxation without representation. hear his name mr t at first we're like who is this guy what's his name and the teacher's like oh ricky is he with you and ricky's like "Uh, yeah yeah that's yep like i'm gonna kill my father when i get home so mr t takes a seat the teacher starts talking about the declaration of independence how was it formed when was it formed why was it in what I think she asked, why was it created or something? None of the kids, you know, at first, because she calls on Ricky for the first question. And after that, I thought she was going to keep calling on him just because this woman is like a ball of nerves now since this man is intimidating her in her classroom. And she's like, fine, fine, it's okay, fine. So when she asked why was the independent uh, declaration of independence created, uh, no, he, Mr. T looks around. No one's raising their hand. They clearly don't know. So he puts one hand up, and the woman, the teacher's like looking around the room, like somebody, anybody, put your hand up. I'll, I'll call on you, please. And Mr. T like puts his other hand up. She finally is like, okay. Sure, you answer. And then Mr. T stands up, gives a well-rehearsed explanation, and everyone just starts applauding. And even um, Ox, with the pencil in his mouth, is like, "Ah." he doesn't want to (laughs) die by the hands of Mr. T. And so the teacher asks, like, do you have a name? And he's like, Mr. T. Then she's like, well, do you go by any, by another name? Like, what's your first name? He's like, first name, mister, middle name, period, last name, T. And she kind of looks at him. She, she, I feel so bad for this woman. It's like, are you going to be joining Ricky every day? And he's like, yes. And she's like, fine, fine. And she starts, like, writing, like, a question mark. On the book, but she's having her hand is like shaking uncontrollably. She is about ready to like pass out from fear. She's like, Excuse me, class. I, I'll be right back. I'm having an anxiety attack. She's gonna quit. She's going to quit. And there's gonna be another teacher there, I bet. 
A girl goes to pass a note to Ricky, but Mr. T intercepts it right away before it even reaches Ricky. And he, he reads it, crumples it up like here. He passes it to Ricky. She just... She just, she thinks you're cute. And now the class erupts in laughter, and Mr. T's, like, looking back and forth, like, <laughs> um, yeah. Why are you laughing? You shouldn't be laughing. Do I have to hit every single one of you? I've only been paid to beat up one child, but I can beat up more. And poor Ricky is just dying of embarrassment. He's, like, slouched so far down in his seat that... He's about ready to just slide out from underneath the chair. So, the teacher, I don't even think we know this teacher's name. We probably never see her again. Um, she leaves, probably to go to the bathroom and throw up. And the kids are immediately, they start getting out of their seats. They're throwing spit wads at each other. They're just causing chaos. And Mr. T is just... What can he really do? He's only been hired to protect one child. Ox right away gets up out of his seat and runs uh, out, out of sight of the camera here. Oh, he's like covering Ricky with his body. Like, oh, I gotta protect this kid from all these uh, crumpled up papers and spit wads and everything so he doesn't get hit. I think Ricky's had about enough of this. You know, he's embarrassed. You know, his dad didn't say anything about this. Like, he probably thinks, Dad, you're being way overprotective. You didn't trust me to handle this myself. Mr. T, you know, of course he's known for not just his mohawk, but also all those gold chains that he's got around his neck, which, of course, are probably hitting Ricky, uh, you know, on the shoulder and stuff like that. Because Mr. T is, like, bent over Ricky, where the back of Ricky's head is practically in Mr. T's armpit with his bicep right on the side of Ricky's face. Like, he's, like, Mr. T is really... Like, standing, like, protecting him. So now we go back to the Stratton house, and we have Edward and Kate. They're playing foosball together. They're probably taking a break from work. Just having a good old fun time. I want to play this clip. This is so cute, because he's, he's like, oh, I scored, yes! And he's like, isn't this great, Kate? And Kate's kind of just smiling politely, like, um... I don't know how to play, Edward. And, of course, Edward is using this to his advantage, of course. No, you don't know how to play, so I'm going to win every single game. <laughs> because that's not really a fair advantage. If the person doesn't know how to play, it's like, it's one thing if they're trying, but... <laughs> Score! <laughs> Isn't this great, Kate? I don't know how to play, Edward. I know. Isn't this great, Kate? <laughs> son's in good hands? Edward, your son is in huge hands. <laughs> Just won't admit this is a good idea, will you, Kate? Mr. T is the best. I don't know why you don't like him. Well, he scares me. Kate is just like me and you. Edward, we don't have mohawks. Kate is not a mohawk. He's a descendant of the African Mandinka tribe. That's how they wear their hair. Edward, we're in New York. It's a mohawk. <laughs> 
So Kate kind of mentioned, you know, after I was done beating her at the game, she like, well, you're a lot more relaxed than you were yesterday with, you know, everything that, you know, when Ricky came home with the black eye. And Edward's just, like, throwing up a ball, and then he grabs a mitt and everything, so he's doing, you know, got his hand doing something. And he's like, well, my son's in good hands. And Kate's like, well, he's in huge hands. And they start, you know, talking about Mr., you know, Mr. T., Edward's like, this guy is great, highly recommended, I don't see what you have against him, Kate, and Kate is like, well, he makes me nervous. Well, he made the teacher nervous, too, because she had to go to the bathroom to throw up, because she was so she, having an anxiety attack, and uh, the, the poor lady. <laughs> I bet she has to be transferred to another classroom or another school. And Kate is talking about, you know, Mr. T's hair and everything, and Edward says, well, it's actually, y'all, he's, uh, I forgot what the term that he used, like, his tribe, they all have hair like that, and Kate's like, Edward, we live in New York. Here, they call that a mohawk. Do you all remember the faux hawk when that was big, like, in the early to mid-2000s? Yeah. I think I remember that on um, One Tree Hill. I think it was towards the end of season five. Lucas had gotten um, his head not shaved, but he like kind of had a mohawk thing. But his nephew Jamie decided to like you know he's not going to shave the sides of his head, but you know he kind of like pushed the hair on his the sides kind of together, so it kind of looked like a a mohawk only without the shaved sides but anyway um dang mr t knows how to make an entrance doesn't he he just boom bust through those doors but i mean you know it's mr t it's allowed how old is mr t now so i just looked it up on imdb mr t is 66 years old he's a year older than my dad okay you tell him Just the fact that your nose is in the same place as when you left this morning is all the thanks I need. I've never been so humiliated. He scared the classroom. He scared the school teacher. And worst of all, he got a hundred on a history test. Hey, man, I don't hold back for nobody. Well, Ricky, I... I At I... lunchtime, Dad, he even tasted my food. Was that necessary, Mr. T? Look, man, you hire me because I'm the best in the world, and I never lost a client. If there's a gun, I take the bullet. If there's a knife, I take the blade. I don't work for people who ain't willing to die for. And besides, that food in the cafeteria will kill you. I don't need this, Dad. I really don't need this. I mean, like, these are supposed to be my care for years. Son, I just want you to be safe. Dad, the kids hate me. I'm a laughing stock. Ah, they're just jealous. It's not jealousy, Dad. It's hate. Pure hate. <laughs> Please let me handle this my own way. Please, no limo, no bodyguard. Just me telling Oxford to can't have my milk money. Tell him what a silly plan that is. The 
kid makes a lot of sense. Mr. T kind of has Ricky come inside like, all right, all clear, you can come inside your house now. And Ricky, of course, you know, he's not happy. He's embarrassed. He says, I've never been more humiliated in my life. The fact that the kids now hate me. Mr. T got 100 on a 100 on a history test. He even had to taste my food for me, which to Mr. T's credit, yes, cafeteria food kills. I once had to get a shot in my rear end because of some contaminated strawberries when I was 14 in 8th grade. I didn't even eat the strawberries. I just had the juice that was on the strawberry shortcake. Yet I still had to get a shot for hepatitis A or B or C or one of them. I don't know which one. It was it was one of the hepatitises. And Ricky's even telling his dad, it's like, Mr. T, you know, you having him be my bodyguard, he's scared not only the students, he freaked out the teacher. Just, I don't need this kind of stuff, Dad. Let me handle this my own way. And Mr. T, of course, is backing Ricky up like, buddy, Mr. Stratton, I don't care if you say you're my boss. You need to let the boy handle this himself. And I think it's hilarious how... Mr. T and Edward go to, Edward has the gall to go toe-to-toe with Mr. T. Say, you want to take this outside? I'm your boss. You agree with what I say. And you don't, (laughs) Mr. T actually sticks a finger in Edward's chest like, you need to back up and back off. 
And uh, Mr. T makes a point. It's like, I'm bigger than you. And Ox is bigger than Ricky. So why don't you... And Ricky's like, Dad, just please let me deal with this my own way. All right. I want a chance to be able to tell Ox, you're not getting my milk money. Even though Ricky already said that earlier when he stood up to Ox. And Ox was going to, like, knock him on the floor again. You know, this is not the way that Ricky wanted to start out school. And he's like, these are supposed to be, you know, my, some of the best years of my life. And, or, or my care, he calls them my carefree years. You know, he's 12 and everything. This is before he hits real puberty and starts getting very angsty. You know, being a teenager. So, yeah. You know, he wanted, like, he wanted to go to public school, but now he's got all this attention on him. And it's bad attention because he's like, the kids hate me. They don't like me. They're scared to death of Mr. T. And I can't have a friend with Mr. T's shadow hanging over me all the time. This is so funny. Just, what you know, rewinding and watching this scene where Edward is literally nose to nose with Mr. T. Like, eye level to eye level. Because they're probably close to the same height. Give or take an inch or two. I want to thank you. Helping me see the light. You're touching me. <laughs> right, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But see, I'd like to be alone with my son now, so why don't you go ahead in the kitchen? Help yourself to everything. <laughs> I guess I owe you an apology. I sure haven't been helping you much these past few days. Listen, Rick. You're my son, and I can't stand the thought of you being hurt. So I know, I died, I know. I didn't I didn't handle this very well, but I'm kind of new at this father stuff, you know. I'm gonna make mistakes sometimes. I sure hope that you have an awful lot of patience with me because I only make them because I love you. I've got plenty of patience, Dad. guy comes up and asks you for the milk money tomorrow, what are you going to say to him? Well, I don't know yet. I'll think of something, though. Oh, I have to. Mr. T called Ox by his real name today. Hobart. Ox is so mad. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I have a little problem here myself. How do I tell Mr. T I want to let him go? Oh, that's no problem. Hey, Mr. T. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. You can go now. Good. Ooh. This is tasty. So Edward kind of tells Mr. T, "Want you go in the kitchen, help yourself to everything and whatever's in there." On me. You definitely deserve it. So I can talk to my son. And he sits down, Edward sits down with Ricky, and I like these little heart-to-heart moments. He tells him, you know, Ricky, you're my son, I'm new at this dad thing, I'm gonna make mistakes, all I ask is you give me a little bit of patience. Uh, And he always, you know, this is like, 
the second time we'd heard him tell Ricky, I love you, son. And they hug. And of course, Edward's shoulder is kind of hitting Ricky's black eye. I don't think he iced that. He didn't put a stake on that eye. Of course, it's, it's going to be sore. This is day two. And Ricky lets it slip that Ox is pretty mad. Uh, Mr. T called him by his real name, which is Hobart. And they have a good laugh with that. And, of course, Edward's a little worried, like, how am I going to break the news to Mr. T that i got to let him go? And Ricky's like, oh, don't worry about that. Mr. T! And uh, Edward's like, oh, Ricky, um, please be careful with this. I, I, I want to live. So Mr. T kind of comes out of the kitchen in the doorway. And he's like, yeah. And Ricky's like, well, you're free to go. And Mr. T's like, thank you. And he takes it. Kentucky Fried Bucket O' Robin. It's like, oh, he's chomping on the the, the the Robin meat. And he's like, oh, this is so good. I'm like, Gah. I wonder how long they've had that there. Ugh. They all have a good laugh at that, though. All right. Well, it's the next day. We're in the classroom. We get a um <laughs> message on the blackboard from the teacher whose name is Mrs. Campwell. I will be late today. I'm with the nurse. And she's, I don't know whether she's got tremors in her hands now from the nerves that Mr. T caused, but uh, it, her hand is like, the writing you could tell was very, very shaky. Well, if she's going to be late today, there needs to be somebody watching those children. Because we get the girl who thought, I believe it was the girl who had given a note to Ricky that Mr. T kind of intercepted. She was the one that thought Ricky was cute. Which I don't blame her. Yeah, he's a cutie pie. Okay, Clarence, you need to shut your mouth, okay? You're annoying me. As he leans over his desk to Ricky, it's like, oh, words out, you don't have Mr. T anymore. Ox is going to kill you. Who are you? Clarence, are you a crony of of Ox's? I mean, seriously, I mean, does he get a kickback from this? Like, hey, Ox won't beat you up for a whole week if you l give Ricky this inside information? So, Ricky stands up, faces the class, and says, Hey, I know you guys resent me because I'm a rich kid, but we do have something in common. The fact that Oz terrorizes all of us, takes our milk money, or our lunch money, or, or whatever, and if we band together, we can defeat him. We can conquer this bully together if we all band together.
So yeah, Ricky knows he sticks out like a sore thumb because he's a rich kid. And the kids, he thinks, you know, the kids don't like him. They resent him for that fact that he's got money and they probably don't have nearly as much. But he's like, hey, if we all band together and defeat this guy. And then he says some quote, I don't know what it's from. Maybe it's from a, you know, history class or something like that. Or world, you know, something... Civil War or something. It's like, who's with me? And I don't know whether the kids all put down their pencils. Like, doesn't look like they're going to be with him in this fight. And, uh, Ricky just like, fine, you're gonna have it that way. I'm gonna defend myself. I'm protecting myself now. You guys are on your own. You know what this makes me think of? Remember season two, episode one of Punky Brewster, the KO Kid, where Punky has to face a bully, Moose? See? She had a weird nickname, too. Moose. <laughs> and, um, you know, the kids all banded together at the end. So, teacher's not there. They don't have someone watching these kids. And, of course, um, Ox... Kicks the door open, Mr. T style. He's got muscle shirt now instead of that sweatshirt. So he's trying to show off his guns here. Like, hey, look at me. I'm muscular. I'm going to kick your butt. Okay, so this is interesting. I, whoops. Oh, shoot. Um, what's interesting is the way that Ox opens it. He shoves the door open. Mr. T style. Literally. He's wearing a muscle shirt like Mr. T wore. 
he's also got gold chains. I noticed this too. So it's like he's trying to... It's like he's trying to impersonate Mr. T. Like, oh, I learned some things by being in... Like, you don't have to dress up like Mr. T. The kids are already afraid of you. They've been afraid for a while. So, right away, Ox starts, you know, swiping quarters off kids' desks, putting them into the, that hat that he wears, or just has to collect money. And he goes up to Ricky, and Ricky's like, hey, I'm not giving you any money. And he stands up to him, and he says, you know, you can beat me up today, you can beat me up tomorrow, you can beat me up for every single day of the school year, I don't care, I'm not giving you my lunch money, or my milk money. And they, they throw down. They really do. Ricky's clearly learned some moves because he's ducking and, and, and blocking. And he barely even touches Ox and knocks him down. Clarence stands up. And, of course, Ox gets back up. And he's like, I can take both of you nerds or both of you wimps. And then another kid pops up from the desk. And... You know, Ox is getting a little nervous. I can still take the three of you. And then another kid. And then another kid. And then a girl. And then eventually it's the whole class. So Ox feeling outnumbered. Like, hey, I just came to school to learn. Do you mind if I just sit in my desk until the teacher comes? And Ricky's like, yeah, I guess so. So he realized, Ox realizes that he's been beat. And just like the Punky Brewster episode... Where all the other kids, like, you're going to have to go through me to get to Punky, and me, and me, and me, and me, and me. It's just safety in numbers. That's the saying. Safety in numbers. If you all band together, it's like the oldest trick in the book. If you all band together, you all can take down one person. Because he's basically, he's working alone. He doesn't have his cronies with him. This isn't The Simpsons where Nelson's got Kearney, Jimbo, and um, Dolph with him. It's just him. It's just Ox, whose real name is Hobart. Which, that's not really a, what the heck was that? What was a girl's name? It was like Melanie, like Melanie Moose or some Melody Moose or something like that. Moose was the nickname, but anyway, yeah. And Ox is sitting in his desk, and, and the kids all kind of crowd around him. And Ricky yells right in his face, like face front. And the kids all cheer, like Ricky is clearly in command. The kids all like him now. And the one thing I want to say, when Ricky is like, hey, are you guys all with me? When he's trying to, like, say, hey, if we band together, we can defeat him. It's like, oh, I see how it is. You guys aren't, you're going to be afraid forever. Like, I'm not going to be afraid. You all have to live your own lives, but I'm not living in fear. I'm facing this guy. Like I've done for the last couple times. And I got to applaud Ricky, man. He, he did not back down. He took that black eye and just said... To his dad, like, hey, I got hit, but you know what? I'm going to go back there and face that bully. Like, and I really wish that Edward could have talked to Ricky about that instead of just surprising him and embarrassing him. It was cool seeing Mr. T and everything, but. Yeah. Ricky, even though you are rich, we want you to know that you're one of the gang. You're a real regular guy. Hey, 
One more thing. Can I borrow five thousand dollars? Of course, Clarence is all buddy-buddy, like, hey, Ricky, you've shown us you're a real regular guy, you're a cool dude. It's like, oh, one thing, can I borrow five thou? And, of course, Ricky just laughs it off, like, yeah, <laughs> funny, funny, funny. No, you can't. We never see Clarence again. <laughs> we did not see Derek this episode either, or the last episode. So, that was the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I know the clips were a bit long, but, uh... I just don't want to miss anything because, like I said, it's been over 11 years since I've seen these episodes. I really can't, or at least season one, so. But as far as for the toy train rating, or the toy, the, the train rating for this episode, I'm going to give this, I'm going to give it a three out of five. I liked it, but there are a couple things I didn't like. Um... <laughs> The things I did like, I liked the fact that Ricky wanted to be treated like a regular kid and go to public school. I liked that he handled his own problem at the end and the kids all band together. They all learned a lesson. I loved the father's, uh, the father-son talk was cool. And, um... Also, we, uh, well, four out of five, because I really liked the whole thing between Kate and Edward that was cute, them playing foosball. Um, the only thing I didn't, well, um, Mr. T, that was pretty cool, too. Um, you know, I'll, I'm gonna change it. I'm gonna give it a five out of five. I liked it. There, the only thing that was a little bit of a nitpick is the fact that Edward kind of overstepped. You know, I know he's his dad, he's learning and stuff like that, but... You really should have talked to Ricky first to see if that's really what he would have wanted instead of embarrassing him and surprising him at school with the bodyguard. Like, he wants to be treated like a regular kid. He's not going to be if you have someone like Mr. T as his bodyguard. Although if this were an episode now, it'd probably be like The Rock as his bodyguard or Vin Diesel probably the rock so five out of five that's what i gave this episode because there's so many things that i liked about it but i think yeah in the future i will have to be a smidge more objective <laughs> as far as for a silver spoonful uh of advice for this episode i'm just gonna say if you have problems with a bully please speak to your parents let them know what's going on don't just keep it inside you know, there are things now, policies in place that are meant to help kids and to deal with. You know, you're not alone anymore. You're not having to face, you know, these problems alone. Because as I said before, bullying in 2018 is a lot more intense. Intense to the point, sadly, and I feel so bad, that children are taking their own lives. Because they can't get away from it. And it feels like it's never ending. You know, I was picked on so much, but not I don't even think, honestly, I would be able to survive if I were a teenager growing up with the social media and everything that's out there. It is so much harder nowadays to be a teenager because there's so, you know, with social media and just, you know, kids feel like they have to be listening to the right music, wearing the same clothes. 
to be able to be part of the in crowd. You know, there's the whole thing, you know, with mean girls and, and fitting in and and everything like that. You know, I didn't have to, I didn't worry about that stuff. You know, I got teased, I got picked on a lot, and it carried on from elementary school to middle school. Middle school, I was dreading high school towards the end of junior high because I felt that it was, everything that I was going through was just, it was going to continue. So, like I said, guys, please do not feel like you're alone in this. Talk to somebody, talk to a parent, talk to a trusted adult somebody and let them know what's going on so they can help you through this don't ever feel that there isn't somebody that you can talk to there's got to be somebody out there all right well next week we'll be talking about season one episode five entitled taking a chance on love and i believe this is the one derek does return for this episode Ricky gets his first taste of puppy love when a new girl transfers to a school. He also probes Edward about his romantic interests just as Kate leaves for a singles cruise. Alright. This episode aired on October 23rd, 1982. I was a day away of being two months old when this episode aired. (laughs) That is so cool. I don't know if I mentioned, but the Me and Mr. T episode actually has a 6.7 out of 10 rating based on 33 ratings on IMDb. There's no trivia. And, yep, no trivia. All right, let's say hey to some podcast listeners. I think that's what I'm going to start referring to, uh, you guys, because, you know, being I did the Punky Power podcast and now I'm doing the Silver Spoons podcast, it's just easier to call you guys podcast listeners. So, we have Mountain View, California. Oren, O-R-E-N-S-E, Spain. I'm sorry if I mispronounce anything. Seattle, Washington. Newmarket, Canada. Bedford, Massachusetts. Lancaster, Pennsylvania. St. Petersburg, Florida. Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Ottawa, Canada. Miami, Florida. Charlotte, North Carolina. Manaus, M-A-N. AUS Brazil, Cambridge, Canada, Wildwood, New Jersey, San Jose, California, High Point, North Carolina, Stanton, uh, Nebraska? <laughs> Not N A T I C K, Massachusetts, Chicago, Illinois, and Brooklyn, New York. Now I'm going to talk about a couple of the books that I read recently, and I will put them up on Twitter and Instagram. They, I want to say this right now, they are both available as audiobooks, so if that's your preference on how to read books, you know, that's cool, because I love either or. Um, Just, you know, letting you know that's they're available as audios. Alrighty, so the first one I want to talk about is an audio book that I listened to. The other book is one I actually physically read, but is also available. Property of the Rebel Librarian by Allison Barnes. V is in Victor, A-R-N-E-S. This book actually just came out last week, Tuesday. And I think the audiobook's only like, it's a short audiobook. It's like five hours. 
When 12-year-old June Harper's parents discover what they deem an inappropriate library book, they take strict parenting to a whole new level and everything June loves about Dogwood Middle School unravels. Librarian Miss Bradshaw is suspended. An author appearance is canceled. The library is gutted. Doesn't that just sound like banned this book by Alan? Is it Gratz? G-R-A-T-Z? Anyway, um, that's not a grape, guys. I loved both of them equally. <laughs> all the And all books on the premises must have administrative approval, but June can't give up books. And she realizes she doesn't have to when she spies a little free library on her walk to school. I noticed by um, a church that I drive past on my way... Uh, down the main road that I use that in front of it, it's got a little uh, house thing in front of it that has, uh, it's like a free little library. So that's pretty cool. As the rules become stricter at school and at home, June keeps turning the pages of the banned books that continue to appear in the little library. It's a delicious secret and one she can't keep to herself. June starts a banned book library of her own in an abandoned locker at school. The risks grow alongside her library's popularity and a movement begins at Dogwood Middle. A movement that, if exposed, could destroy her. But if it's powerful enough, maybe it can save Miss Bradshaw and all that she represents. The freedom to read. Equal parts fun and empowering, this novel explores censorship, freedom of speech, and activism. For any kid who doesn't believe one person can affect change, and for all the kids who already know they can. I'm going to say right now, um, one of my irritations, because I was listening, I finished this in one day at my job. I don't, that's a record for me. I've never done that before. Um, one of the gripes, and it's not really a spoiler, it's June's parents are very strict. And when I mean very strict, I don't know if it's religiously strict, but I guess they never had an issue with... June's reading material before because she's got a lot of books. But this one book in particular that she brings home from the school library that she, you know, gets books from right out the gate at the beginning of the book. June walks in the door from school. Her dad's holding this offensive book. Offensive in his mind. And it just snowballs from there. They're like, we're going to take all your books, we're going to read them. If we don't like what's in them, you're not getting them back. And uh, June has an older sister named Katie, who's at college. She's a bit older. June is about 13. Is she 12 or 13? She's in junior high, so... Her, appearance, her parents annoyed me to no end. Like, they were beyond ridiculous, that of a strict parent. I mean, yeah, parents all have rules in place, but they took this. I'm not going to spoil it, but they took this whole taking her books thing to an extreme level. That, oh my god. It, it's almost like I wanted her to get away from her parents 
so badly because they're just absolutely ridiculous. At least in Ban This Book, Amy Ann's parents were normal, decent people. They didn't take her book collection from her and say, you're not getting these back till we read all of these books. But I would definitely highly re recommend uh, you guys, uh, if you like. One thing I like about book characters is book characters who read are my absolute favorite book characters in the world. And this next book I have to talk about is no different. Now this book here that I'm talking about next sat on my shelf for at least probably four years. I picked it up before, like a couple years ago, or probably when I first got it. Because I, um, I read another book by this author, Rainbow Rowell. Uh, I read uh, Eleanor and Park. Loved it. And I knew I would love this book too. But I picked it up a couple times. Just could not get into it. I couldn't get through it. So finally, I picked it up. And I'm going to read the description courtesy of Goodreads. A coming-of-age tale of fan fiction, for, uh, family and first, ugh, excuse me, family and first love, Kath is a Simon Snow fan. Let me just tell you, Simon Snow is like a knockoff Harry Potter, which Harry Potter does get mentioned in this book. Okay, the whole world is a Simon Snow fan. But for Kath, being a fan is her life, and she's really good at it. She and her twin sister, Ren, ensconced themselves in the Simon Snow series when they were just kids. It's what got them through their mother leaving. Yes, the girls have abandonment issues. Reading, rereading, hanging out in Simon Snow forums, writing Simon Snow fan fiction, and dressing up like the characters for every movie premiere. Because... This is a book series that has seven books, and they're waiting for the course. Through the course of the book, they're waiting for the eighth and final book to be released. Just like Harry Potter had a movie released for it, Simon Snow is a book series that has a movie franchise with it as well. Kath's sister has mostly grown away from fandom, but Kath can't let go. She doesn't want to. Now that they're going to college, Ren has told Kath that she doesn't want to be roommates. Kath is on her own, completely outside of her comfort zone. She's got a surly roommate with a charming, always-around boyfriend, a fiction-writing professor who thinks fan fiction is the end of the civilized world, a handsome classmate who only wants to talk about words, and she can't stop worrying about her dad, who's loving and fragile and has never been alone for Kath, the question is, can she do this? Can she make it without Ren holding her hand? Is she ready to start living her own life? And does she even want to move on if it means leaving Simon Snow behind? So I rated this book 5 out of 5 stars. And I believe I rated um, Rebel Librarian, Property of the Le Rebel Librarian, 5 stars as well. Um, fangirl... I just gotta say that this girl, I saw so much of myself in her. She really is an introvert. And she gets stressed out by, um, she pretty much stays holed up in her dorm room. And, um, her roommate is a bit standoffish, but, you know, they, they get to get along alright and everything like that. And, 
like the description said, Kath is so big into this fan fiction world. You know, she and her sister, Ren, kind of started doing that as they were reading the books and everything. And um, Ren's moved on from the fan fiction. I mean, she'll read it occasionally, but to Kath, it's her, her whole world. To the point where she wanted to take a fiction writing class. And you actually had to... Because the fiction writing class is actually... Um, the instructor of it is a actual novelist, a writer, who's wrote several books. And you actually have to be recommended by somebody to be able to get into the class. Because the class is mainly filled with students that are like sophomores and juniors in college. And Kath is so wrapped up in the fanfiction of Simon Snow that she doesn't like the idea of writing outside of that. Like, writing fiction coming from her own head. She lives so much in this world of Simon Snow that she can't see past it. She can't see anything else. Um, this book also deals with, uh, bipolar disorder. Um, not so much a spoiler alert that I thought there was something off about the dad and I wasn't sure what it was. But, um, he is bipolar. He works for an ad agency and the girls, this is the first time they're both going to be living in the dorm. This takes place in Oklahoma and the girls have always taken care of their dad. Their mom walked out. She didn't want to be a mother. She didn't even want, she got pregnant without, you know, it wasn't planned or anything, so she ended up getting married. Like, that's a traditional thing you do. She walked out on her husband and the girls, you know, the twins, Ren and Kath, when they were eight. And they just had to really all... The girls and the dad had to really band together. and almost, The girls almost had to raise themselves in a way. But, I mean, their dad could help as much as he could. But, um, I really liked Levi. He is... Um, Reagan, Reagan is Kath's roommate, and she and Levi have known each other. They're kind of on-again, off-again dating and stuff like that. But Levi is always there. He's such a sweet, awesome character. You know, he's read the Simon Snow movie, or <laughs> read the movies, seen the movies. I think he's read the books as well, and he likes... He and Kath start getting closer, spending more time, you know, because he's always there hanging out with Reagan and everything like that. So, Kath and Levi get closer, and she's reading him fan fiction. Um, also, she reads, like, he has a test or something that he has to take, um, young adult a young adult fiction class. That would be so cool to take. I don't even know what college courses there are out there. But there's probably some interesting ones. And he's got a like a big test on the book The Outsiders. And he's like... He has a... I don't think he's... He's not dyslexic or anything. But he usually listens to stuff on audiobooks and everything like that. And listens to lectures on his iPod. And Kate... Kate... <laughs> Kath spends like a whole, I don't know how many hours that night before the big test, reading The Outsiders to Levi. 
And I just, I like that. I love The Outsider. It's such a good book. The movie's good too. But um, I would definitely recommend this book if you like people that read in books too. I love that. Um, definitely recommend both of these books. Um, also, um, <laughs> Fangirl also takes place over the course of one college year, um, Kath and Ren's freshman year of college, so in the fall, and then in the winter and spring and everything, he's talking about, you know, the weather being cold, even in, um, Oklahoma and stuff, but it's a really good book, I, like I said, recommend both of them, and I'll put them up on Instagram and Twitter, so you guys can see what they, you know, the descriptions and everything, but, um, all right, I will be back next week. If it's not Sunday, it'll probably be Monday, so it just really depends, but, all right, everyone, like I said, have a great night. What's left of it? There's not much left of it. It's almost, it'll be Monday in, like, 34 minutes. Oh, here in Michigan, it'll be Monday, so, all right, bye-bye. Together.